feels so good to know that we're part of the worldwide family of God, the Catholic <laughs> family. Family, we're back again. The Holy Hour of Power, Terry and Jesse show. This uh, We promise you that we're going to give you high-energy Catholic radio. We are not right versus left. We are right versus long, wrong, and I am reporting for duty. Terry, what about you? Jesse, I'm reporting for duty, and boy, do we have some information here. And this, what I call it an information war, the war of information. In other words, yeah. what information yeah. is going to get into people's hands? The gospel, the good news, mm. or evil? Yeah, that's it. It's good and bad. That's what we have. Jess, yeah. I love what you picked again today. Uh, and, you know, Pooks, I just want to uh, say kudos to Jess Romero because he's constantly searching on the Internet for topics that are cultural issues and putting a Catholic spin on it. And uh, I don't know too many people who do it uh, as well as my brother Jess. So I just want to publicly say thanks for doing all that research because it's not done overnight. Jesse sees this. I mean, I'm the same way in the sense that every day I see something that's always focusing. How do we relate this to our Catholic faith? So thanks, Jess. That's right. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about an abortion doctor who has been really uh, accused of some wrongdoing who's in the limelight. And it's in regards to that 10-year-old sexual assault victim. So that'll be an interesting story there. Also, uh, we're going to be covering what the pro-choice, pro-killers talk about, my body, my choice. It's no longer polling well with Democrats. So they're going to be changing that, and that'll be an interesting story. And what I really like is the six ways to connect old and the young, why it's so important. As a grandfather, Jess and I are both grandfathers. I'm telling you, uh, I love the article. I I try every day to connect with my grandson, uh, and I I got one on the way coming. So I'm excited because uh, we have so much to offer the young children in their formative years. Jesse, I have— And and, and I even think connecting with our kids still, our young adults, I think— Oh, big time. Are you kidding? We've got to continue. We've got to engage them at the highest level when we're with them. We have to engage in conversations that are meaningful. And Jesse, before we go to the good news of the gospel, I just want to— point something out that I'm really glad. I know you saw, you flew Southwest so many times. I think you're, you should have stock in that company. Mm-hmm. Well, flight attendant was fired for her pro-life views. Yes, she won a $5.1 million lawsuit against the airlines. And guess who represented her? Yep. The, the Institute, the um, Thomas, Moore. Thomas Moore Institute. And they said, this is a what? big news. Whoa. Yeah, 5.1. What, what, what airline did she, did she sue, Terry? Southwest, brother, the one you were always fly on. Wow, they broke their piggy bank. Yeah. But what, the, were they doing, what were they doing to her? This well, is because good news. She, because she was pro, uh, giving her pro-life views on the Internet. They okay. said, you can't do that. That's crazy. And so uh, she actually. Um, what, on her own time, she could do whatever time. she wanted. I know, but that's what they, they said. They fired her for her strong beliefs for the pro-life. And she well, now she'll it. never have to work a day in her life. Yeah, she took it on the chin. Also, Jess, this is what's good news. I'm meeting with a Marine this week uh, coming to my house who's been uh, told that he has to get vaccinated or he's going to be kicked out of the Marine Corps. And he's you know, doing everything he can. He's holding off. Well, the right. Air Force said the COVID jam mandate temporarily blocked by personal seeking religious exemptions. Again, Thomas More Society came to the rescue. A uh, uh, Stephen Crampton said, this is a huge victory for our country for religious freedom. I hope the other branches of the military pick up on this because, you know, Jesse, in my humble opinion, you've heard me say it before, this is an attack on our military forcing them to get the jab. Absolutely, Terry. Here's a couple of other news items before we go into the good news. Yeah, man. 
Inflation jumps to 9.1%. Yep, it's 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 soared to a rate of 9.1% year over year over year. Yep. That's the highest rate in 40 years according to the latest consumer price index from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Yep. The main consumer products affected by the alarming inflation rates are gas, food and shelter. Also, Green Bay Diocese versus LGBTQ. Yep. The Diocese of Green Bay has updated its education manual to include a clause prohibiting the use of pronouns contrary to people's biological sex. God bless them. With 54 Catholic schools of the diocese, this policy will apply to around 9,000 students. The Catholic News Agency reports the punishment for violation of the policy, which took effect July 1st, can range from corrective action to suspension or expulsion. Good job, Diocese of Green Bay. Yep. Also, what average worker lost? As the U.S. inflation rate surged to a 40-year high of 9.1%, the Heritage Foundation Research Fellow, E.G. Antoni, he noted that today's economic numbers translate to a loss of $3,400 in annual income for the average U.S. worker. Yep. That income loss is $6,800 for families in which both parents work. And finally, Twitter suspends abortion as abortion terrorist. This is good news. Yeah. Twitter on Thursday finally suspended the account of Ruth Sentas, the pro-abortion group that has directed radicals to the homes of pro-life Supreme Court justices. The suspension comes after almost two months of aggressive and inflammatory tweets, reported Mary Margaret Olohan. This group posted a map on its website listing the street names for Justices Amy Coney Barrett, John Roberts, Samuel Alito, Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas, and Neil Gorsuch live. This is, Terry, this is reprehensible. But you know what? That Twitter suspended her account. But but the good news is because good people were complaining and complaining, Twitter finally got the message. I think right now, Jesse, with all these good news stories of of religious freedom, we just got to keep the metal to the pedal and not let anything go by without us with with our Catholic Christian background saying no, not on my watch. We're gonna we're gonna oppose that. We need more of that to come. Yeah, not less. Yeah, we need more. Yep, you're right, Terry. All right. Well, what about some soul food? Huh? Well, let's get the gospel. It's a short one, but it's it's powerful. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Matthew chapter twelve, verse forty six and following. Yep. While Jesus was speaking to the crowds, his mother and his brothers appeared outside, wishing to speak with him. Now, remember, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Jews referred to everybody, every every uh, every relationship, friend, best friend, cousin, nephew, tribesmen. Everybody was called brother and sister in the Hebrew culture. Right. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside asking to speak with you. But he said in reply to the one who told him, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And, stretch, and stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my heavenly father is my brother and sister and mother. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes Protestants will say, well, see, Jesus Christ disrespected his mother here. She's uh, of no special importance to him. No, no, no. Remember, you have to read the Bible, as Protestants say, Bible alone. Because when you look at the Bible, in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, the Bible tells us about Mary and how she does the will of God perfectly. It says, 
Luke 1.38, And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it, be, let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So notice. So Jesus says to be part of his family, you have to do the will of his heavenly father. Well, the Bible says that, spe- that Mary does specifically the word of God in Luke chapter 1 verse 38. In fact, she says in Luke 1:46, my soul magnifies the Lord. What does that mean? That means that she does the will of God. Right. And so what, what's happening here is that Jesus came from a, a family of Joseph, Mary, and, and himself, Jesus, and they lived in Nazareth. Mm-hmm. What he's doing here, and this is what he came to do. This was his mission, why he came to earth. He's coming to expand that family, that original holy family, and he's expanding the family to become a worldwide family of God Man. through baptism. And so this is what he's showing us here that his family is going to extend beyond a little cave in Nazareth with Joseph and Mary. His family is going to be everybody else in the future who comes to him and receives the waters of baptism. So what Jesus Christ is showing us is that I didn't come to stay isolated in Nazareth in a cave. I came to take my family, Joseph and Mary, and I came to make this international. As Scott Hahn says, the Catholic faith is the international family of God. Well said. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Sheen. Well, it's a little slow. The train's running slow. Okay, full Sheen ahead. Jesse, I love, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to see our relatives, please, God. We're going to see the saints, the people who are inspirational in our life, that live holy lives. And I thought of this, that Fulton Sheen and Justice Antonio Scalia, okay, he was some of the Supreme Court justices. He died back in 2016, and he's got a son that's a Catholic priest today. He and Bishop Sheen are up in heaven having a conversation, and they're pointing out how stupid we are down here on planet Earth. Here's what, uh. here's what Scalia said to Bishop Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. He says, God assumed from the beginning that the wise of this world would view Christians as fools, and he has not been disappointed. I thought that was a great line. Mm. If I have brought any message today, it is this, Scalia to Sheen. I have the courage to have your wisdom regarded as stupidity. Be fools for Christ. And have the courage to suffer the contempt of a sophisticated world. Jesse, wow. I thought that was really profound for you, for me, and for our listeners. That don't worry about it. We're gonna, they're going to reject us. Why? Because they reject him. Yeah. Does yeah, it make sense? Personal. Yeah, don't. don't. No, don't take it personal. Uh, because, again, uh, e- even at the time of Christ, right. uh, I think I read some New Testament scholars. He said that about ni- 90% of the Jews rejected Jesus. <laughs> His claims of divinity and being the Messiah, only about 10% followed him. So don't be surprised if we have the same numbers right now. He says, if they reject you, they'll reject me. It's because, yep, so we're followers of Christ in season and out. Stay with us, family. When we come back, we're going to talk about some pro-life imaging going on that you need to know about. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. 
Well, there's an abortion doctor that uh, is being spotlighted right now. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a viral horror story that she is accused of failing to report underage abortions. Does that surprise you? It no, they've been doing me. that for decades. Yeah. If you think about this, look at if, 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 if Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry, if these guys are willing to murder, kill, kill murder yeah. babies and sell their fresh body oh parts God. to the open market, What's the big deal there's nothing that they won't do. Amen, brother. The, the wickedness in the hearts of anybody involved in the abortion industry is, is something we can't even wrap our minds around. That's right. This article was written by a reporter by the name of Megan Fox. She did a good job. Dr. Caitlin Bernard loves the spotlight, she wrote. The Indiana abortionist gets interviewed on television and in print whenever abortion laws seek to limit her big abortion business. Recently, Dr. Bernard's claims about a 10-year-old rape victim who she says came across state lines from Ohio to Indiana for an abortion went viral. And the attention... Dr. Bernard is now getting might not be the kind that she likes. After PJ Media fact-checked this tale and could find no corroborating evidence, the Washington Post finally caught up and found the exact same thing. Now Dr. Bernard is under fire for allegedly either making up this story or not reporting a child rape to authorities, which she is required to do as a mandated reporter Failure to do so could result in Dr. Bernard losing her medical license. By the way, I think the story has been corroborated now. Oh, yeah. The suspect was an illegal immigrant. I forget what he was from Argentina or from Mexico. It was somewhere south of the border. Mm-hmm. So they have confirmed the story. It was an illegal immigrant from south of the border from one of the Latin American countries. Uh, again, remember... Uh, Donald Trump, Terry, was uh, he was vilified for saying that rapists are coming across the borders. Yep. Uh, he was right. And not only that, you know, something else. This is sick. But I mean, just to talk about people, people were criticizing Trump about saying that people were coming across the border. Yep. A lot of them were rapists. Yeah. Uh, that's not too far from the truth, Terry. I know you can see pictures on the Internet uh, in the deserts of Texas, Arizona and California. You can see the trees all over the desert where people are making, illegals are making the trek and they're being escorted by cartels over here. There are underwears, female underwears, hanging all over the branches, all hundreds and hundreds of underwears all over the branches of trees. It looks like ornaments on a Christmas tree. You know what that is? Every time the cartels rape a woman, they take their underwear and put it on a tree. There are hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of underwears in the desert of Texas, Arizona, and California. So when Trump said that we have a lot of rapists coming over, Terry, he was spot on. Well, the facts. Yep. (laughs) That's a fact. But some digging into Dr. Bernard uncovered that she has been in exactly the same kind of trouble before. Indiana Right to Life audited termination of pregnancy reports that are public records in 2018 and found that nine abortion doctors allegedly failed to report underage abortions to the health department as required by law. Dr. Bernard was one of them. Terry, you want to pick it up? Well, I'm just going to say, Jesse, this, that this has been going on for a long, long time. I've heard this over and over again. Some of the girls under 16 years of old who have had abortions 
that weren't reported to the DCS were as young as 12 and 13. These alleged 48 instances of failure to report occurred since July 1st, 2017. The 48 consumer complaints have been filed with the Indiana Attorney General. And uh, let's just be honest with this. This has been going on for way too long. The state of Indiana requires, as Jess said, all these to be reported, but it's just every not state happening. does. By the way, all fifty. Of course, all 50 of yeah, course. Yeah. And Jesse, we know people that worked in abortion clinics who converted, who came out and said, "Are you kidding me? You really think when a girl comes in and she says she's fourteen years old, we mark 18. Yeah, we they're not going to call the police. No, get the girl because they see it. They money. see a couple of hundred. They see five hundred dollars sitting on that chair. And let's Cash. be let's be honest with it. That's right. Follow the money, Doctor Carrollton Bernard. She has got the largest abortion clinic in the city there. This is how she makes her money. Follow the money. So what do you think she's going to say? Terry, and a lot of that money's not, you, they can't even trace it to, the, they can't even tax it because a lot of it's cash it's money. It's cash, so baby. Money. Exactly. Think about that. Oh, no, they yeah. give discounts. That's the other thing on these abortion clinics. They also say, hey, if you give us cash, hey, cash is, is king. We'll uh, give you a little discount. A little discount. That way we don't have to have any record of this. Exactly. So these abortion doctors don't care if women or girls, underage minors, have been raped. They don't. They don't no, care. No, who cares? They it's can money. care less. Yeah, they're just going to perform the abortions. They're not going to call law enforcement. Make their money. It's, it's good to see that that, that in this article. Yeah. That uh, it says forty-eight consumer complaints have been filed against nine Indiana abortion doctors. Yeah. Who have allegedly failed to follow the legal reporting requirements to protect young children from sex abuse, and it got the doctors' names, which are good. By the way. Here's the problem, though. If you have if you have Democrats involved in, in, in charge of, for example, the governor's office, the mayor, the board of supervisors, you know, Congress. What senators, about the DA? No, yeah, nothing. Well, or, or the DA. Nothing's going to happen. They're not. They're going to turn. They're going to turn. They're, they're going to turn oh, a blind run. eye toward this. Exactly. Now, if you have a state yeah. where you got again conservative Republican pro-lifers, then you can see something, some pressure being put, and some prosecutions occurring. But again. Even again, unfortunately, Terry, in our country, politics has been uh, has been weaponized against us. When the left's in charge, they're not going to prosecute these rapists or these uh, these doctors for not for not reporting as they should be reporting. Yeah, they're only going to get prosecuted when you have, again, conservatives that hold positions of power in these states. The article finishes off here. It says this says it all. Did Bernard report, did Dr. Bernard report this alleged 10-year-old no. rape victim to Indiana authorities as she was required to by law? That is the big question. And it's one we're going to get to the bottom of. PJ Media yep. is waiting on the Indiana Department of Health to respond to a media request for those public records. Mm. And we will bring them to you when we get them. In the meantime, we hope Dr. Bernard is enjoying her 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. Hey. And Jesse, one of the things that I said in these articles that when they ask for these reports to these groups that are the abortion industry, many of them just refuse to give them. They just refuse. They know we're, we're, we can't get that to you. And, and it's not something they have that even option. But they know they're going to get in trouble with all this. And so they're, they're doing everything they can. I think right now, Jesse, what's happened in the pro-life movement, they're, because of Roe versus Wade getting taken care of, the, the abortionists realize that they're in hot water and they're going to do everything they can illegally, I might add, yeah. to try and continue that revenue stream of abortions. 
Terry, and here's the difficulty. I forget which founding father said, he said that the Constitution was made for a moral people. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it Franklin? One, 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 I know, no, I always quote that one. I think it was Frank. One of the founding Yeah, fathers. they said, oh, it doesn't work. It yeah, won't work. It doesn't this. work. He said, yeah. this experiment yeah. will not work, folks. And, and, and here's what I mean by that. Because the left, the liberal Luciferian left, they're so evil, wicked, and dishonest. Yep. For, for example, for example, uh, if you had pro-life doctors and the police department called up, said, hey, we want to look at some of your files. We heard that. There were some uh, rape victims that went there, and you guys failed to report. You would have conservative pro-life doctors say, "Really, we didn't, we didn't know that." Uh, here, here's, here's the files. Take a look. We want to cooperate with law enforcement. That's what decent people would do. But what do people like Doctor Bernard do, Terry, when they get called up by the cops or the district attorney? Said, "Hey, we'd like to look at some of your files. Yeah. We hear that some uh, young underage girls that were raped went in there, and uh, and you guys." Uh, gave them an abortion and uh, you guys didn't report them you know what people like this doctor will do mm. they'll do what hillary clinton did they'll start shredding the files yeah. so the police says we'll, we'll be over there in 30 minutes we want to pick up the files we want to go through your your file cabinet all people like bernard this dr bernard all she'll do is shred the files just like hillary clinton what does she do with all her devices she got a hammer to all her devices and uh, and uh, she took her hard drives and used a special acid to, to wipe everything off. The Constitution, it only works if you're honest. Yeah. It doesn't work for immoral, decent Luciferian people. This is the difficulty we, that we find ourselves with in America. Half of America, Terry, is we have Luciferian, liberal, wicked people who don't play by the rules. And Jesse, I'll quote Abraham Lincoln saying that America will never fall from, from out, from the military, from the outside. From he said what it will fall is from within. And because of the morality, that's why our whole culture is collapsing. Because you know what? You have your truth. I have my truth. And that kind of moral relativism is destroying our nation. By the way, that moral relativism has come smack dab into the church. Of course. You have bishops in Germany. I mean, I could just, Scotland, I mean, the, the list goes on. Oh, bishops yeah. in this country, yeah. uh, they don't believe, they have no problem with the homosexual, uh, the, the, the lifestyle. They think it should be applauded and they have no problem with all kinds of uh, sins that are clearly defined in the Sixth and Ninth Commandments. So moral relativism is, is affecting the church. Jesse, let me jump in because Bishop Strickland, who's going to follow our show, he just tweeted this. We cannot remain silent as others advocate for national policies for murdering unborn children. This is a worldwide plague and must be denounced vigorously. He was quoting this lady from Catholic News Agency, lady, a laywoman, co-president of the German Senate Way, calls a leading laywoman and co-president of the German Senate Way, has demanded that abortion be made available nationwide that's the kind of stuff we have to stop that's inside the church yes but thank god we got bishop strickland and other strong leaders calling it out and saying no i mean what he just said yes is we cannot remain silent and guess Amen. what and we won't terry and we're not we, gonna brother we're not i know we're i know this show i know we're god, not partner. i can't speak for, for other people yep by the way terry this has been going on like this for decades oh, yeah. Planned parenthood has been caught uh not notifying parents when their minors come in for an abortion. That's this fair. is just a, this is a standard operating procedure with them. Uh, they they just they don't fail uh, when when a, when, a, when there's child abuse. They don't call the parents. They don't call the police. They withhold information on rape from police departments. They do this constantly. 
Uh, they don't notify parents when minors come in for an abortion. Sometimes they're brought in from the schools. And so you have to ask yourself, Terry, does Planned Parenthood actually help the rape victims or do they help the rapist? I say they help the rapist. Uh, the, the I think I think Planned Parenthood is the best friend that rapists have ever had because they know, hey, we could drop them off at Planned Parenthood. Nothing's going to happen to us. But again, it doesn't surprise me that they withhold this information and don't cooperate with law enforcement because if Planned Parenthood is willing to kill a baby, sell fresh baby body parts like a bunch of modern-day Aztecs, that's right. And, and they don't bat an eye. They're not going to bat an eye by withholding information from from police for women, including minors who have been raped. Because Planned Parenthood, once you cross that line and kill an innocent baby, their evil knows no limits. A big amen to what you just said, Jess. Hey, when we come back, we're going to continue to fight for the unborn. There's a slogan the pro-abortion people use, my body, my choice. Guess what? It's no longer pooling well with the Democrats, so they're going to be changing that. We'll give you all the dope on that. Oh, yeah, that's their mantra. So stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The left is going to have to find a new mantra because my body, my choice isn't working Good. too well, Terry. I'm glad. I think they've overplayed. Uh, you think? They've, overplayed, they've overplayed their hand. So, my body, my choice is no longer polling well with Democrats, according to strategists. Remember, and all these politicians, Terry, they all look. They all lick their fingers and hold it up in the wind to see what's going to garner them more votes. That's all they care about. And, and Jesse, let's just jump in before the article. Make it real clear that the uh, Democrat Party has a platform. The Republican Party has a platform. Yes. This is not Jesse or Terry saying the Democrats are for abortion. No, they say it right in their platform. So don't trust me if you're listening and saying, oh, those guys are just against all Democrats. No, I'm against no. all killers of babies, okay? There you go. That's what I am. So read the platform. Here's a, yeah, here, here's the challenge. Go to dnc.com. Yeah. Go to rnc.com. Click on it. And then go to the top of the page. It'll say party platform. Yeah. Click on it and read it yourself. Yeah. If you, if you don't believe what me and Terry are saying, yeah. one party is pro-death to babies. The other party is pro-life to babies. It's pretty simple. Yep. So I just want to make that sense. So let's get into the article, Jeff. So according to political strategists, the slogan, my body, my choice, isn't doing too well, polling well with Democrats <laughs> because of its association yeah. with opposition to vaccine mandates. Oh, they my body. In, they got caught in hypocrisy, Terry. Yeah. Get the Feminist. get vax and get and get uh, an, an abortion. Wait a minute, my body, my oh, that doesn't fit. Yeah, so it only applies to one, but not the other, right? Uh, yeah, hypocrite. Fe feminist activists they adopted this phrase years ago, and until recently, it was synonymous with so-called abortion rights. However, after state officials and corporations started requiring the COVID jab mm -hmm. to access public transportation, attend school, and even keep a job. Many critics began to use my body, my choice as a slogan against the mandates. Hmm. Mm. Media organizations and creators have happily used the phrase in interviews, pointing out the contradiction of pro-abortion advocates hesitating to apply the same logic of medical privacy to controversial COVID-related mandates. Yep. 
law professor at the University of California, Davis Feminist Research Institute, Professor Lisa Aikimoto said this, quote, it's really savvy co-option of reproductive rights and the movement's framing of the issue. It strengthens the meaning of choice in the anti-vaccine space and detracts from the meaning of that word in the reproductive rights space. So this this professor knows that that phrase cuts both ways. It works against them. And this this liberal feminist professor from UC Davis, uh, my body, my choice, along with other, other aging slogans, such as safe, legal, and rare, came up by the Clintons, They used to dominate public discourse on abortion. They are now rarely found in the content of leading advocacy organizations like NARAL and Planned Parenthood. Yeah, nobody uses the Clinton doctrine, Terry, the left. They don't say safe, legal, and rare. NARAL, Planned Parenthood, Family Planning Associates, they've abandoned that. That that ship is gone. Yep. Well, they know, Jesse, they're losing, so they're scrapping. They're wanting to say, what do we have to do to win this uh, this information war? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's an information war. According to Jody Hicks, president of Planned Parenthood Affiliates of California, the pro-abortion movement has been moving away from choice rhetoric for some time now, opting for new slogans like, quote, bans off our bodies, close quote, and, quote, say abortion, close quote. The push towards new new pro-abortion language can be seen everywhere from protest marches to congressional hearings. Amy Arambide executive director of of our foundation for abortion access recently used the terminology of quote access to medical care close quote to defend partial birth and late abortions under any circumstances that is plain and simple murder I i would ask people just to go to youtube and type in silent scream bernard nathanson's Mm. video that he did way way like 30 40 years ago and just watch what happens to the baby when the doctor is poking at the baby to kill the baby and how it pushes away and tries to save its life. I'll never forget watching that. Mm. And I've always said to anybody who says, tell me, give me your reasons why you want to kill that baby. Would you just, be, you know, let's be frank about it because science has already proven that it's a baby. It's nothing about a moral situation. We know, we know that science says that what's what happens when the sperm and ovum meet and then you know, look at, you could, we've got technology to see that baby growing inside its mother. And I just want to ask you, after seeing that, that tell me your, your most compelling way that we should continue to kill these babies. I, I, I don't know how you can justify that other than closing your eyes and saying, that's not really what's happening. I, don't confuse me with the facts. All I can say, Terry, these people that are denying even basic natural law. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be pretty at their judgment when they have millions of babies as, no. as jurors mm-hmm. behind the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is going to look at all those babies and say, so what do you think about this abortion doctor that died without repentance and forgiveness of sins? Terry, these babies are going to put their thumbs down. They're going to say guilty. Well, why do you think, Jesse, I pray every day for Joseph Biden. I pray for um, the Pelosi. All these Catholics, so-called Catholics that are like, I'm a devout Catholic, and they're for killing unborn babies. That's like saying, Jesse, I'm a, a devout communist, but I want, um, I want freedom. Okay? They don't get <laughs> and, re- and religious liberty. Yeah, and religious liberty. They, yeah. You don't get that. Well, the very fact that you're for killing unborn babies separates you from 
uh, the grace of God. Okay, that's what that does. Yeah, absolutely. Terry, also, one of the things that I notice about the left is yeah. Democrats that are basically, you know, the leftists right now, the yeah. party of the left. Yeah. They're all about polls. They always want to see what the polls are saying. Yeah, put your finger up in the air. Yes. And they're also always about slogans, these, these little stupid bumper sticker yeah. slogans. Yeah. You know, and I'll tell you why they argue with these bumper sticker slogans, because they don't have sound arguments, Terry. Right. Their arguments are not sound. They're not sound positions. They're irrational. So they have to use bumper sticker slogans, you know, get your rosaries out of my ovaries. When you listen to them, uh, there's no rational thought behind what they say. Uh, But but I'll I'll tell you, they've they've been caught in hypocrisy because either my body, my choice is 100%. It can't be like, you know, sometimes it applies, sometimes it doesn't. Because, you know, when these when these people, when, when these vaccine mandates came down and the mask and, you know, six feet apart and all this, uh, they weren't saying my body, my choice. They, they just, they, they walked right in line. Right. But the fact is, now when they see something, again, this is their sacrament, Terry. This is why they're so upset. Yeah. Abortion is a blood sacrifice to Satan. Satanists have said in this country, I don't want to quote their names. No. I got a whole list of them. Yep, yep. They've said, they've said that abortion is, a, is, is our sacrament, blood sacrifice to Satan. And uh, if, if you don't think this, the, that the Luciferians or the Satanists are involved with the Democrat Party, just look at many of their rallies. You'll see people holding signs in Democrat rallies saying, Hail Satan. Yep. You'll see in a lot of these state capitals, uh, these uh, meetings where they're having pro-life legislation, you'll find Democrats and Satanists standing next to each other. You know, one person will be holding a sign that'll say, you know, you know, Democrat Party or Biden, and then right next to him, a person says, "Hail Satan," and they're arguing for the same position. Mm. So, so, I mean, uh, this is what we're up against right now, Terry. The occult is the occult is now even in politics. Oh yeah. But what 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 does the Bible say about the human body? That's forget cool. about yeah, baby. forget about what everybody else's opinion yeah. about the human body says. Okay. Right. You know. First yep, Corinthians chapter six verse nineteen and twenty. The Bi- This is God speaking, not some politician, not some pre. This is God speaking. He says this quote: Do you not know? That your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, yep. for you have been purchased at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Close quote. The Catechism of the Church says in 2288, 2288, it says this about life. Life and physical health are precious gifts entrusted to us by God. We must take reasonable care of them, taking into account the needs of others. Look at that. Taking into account the needs of others and the common good. Terry, I remember St. John Paul II years ago, 25 years ago, when he was giving these lectures on the theology of the body. I remember one of his lectures where he said that every baby that's born is a reminder. Mm -hmm. It's a reminder of the incarnation of Christ. Amen. That is why Satan hates. He hates 
sexual intimacy in marriage, and he intends to pervert sexual intimacy, and he and he also intends to sterilize the act because every baby is a reminder of the incarnation. That's so beautiful. When the second person of the Blessed Trinity became a man in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Well said. And Jesse, I want to also quote, which I wanted to do at the beginning of the show, Ezekiel chapter 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 18. That's, that's our, yeah. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade the wicked from their evil conduct in order to save their lives, then they shall die for their sins. But I will hold you responsible for their blood. Jesse, I believe this applies to the unborn in a big, oh, powerful uh, way, brother. Yeah, Terry, you know, what's interesting is that the left they have a broken moral compass oh, yeah. to, to them, Terry. They have no grasp of right and wrong. They, they have a darkened intellect. Right. Sin makes you stupid. Yep. And you'll see that the left has selective moral outrage as fact. I mean, they'll scream, my body, my choice. That's their battle cry when it comes to abortion. But they were sure silent when Fauci, uh, you know, and, and the government uh, was, was making us things do things to our body under the guise of COVID-19. They had no problem with that. Right. You know, so to, my, my point is sure. the hypocrisy is clear. Yep. Whatever happened to the liberal mantra, my body, my choice, when, uh, when Fauci was giving us all these unjust mandates and orders, that argument cuts both ways. Amen. We come back. Six ways to connect the old and the young and why it's so important in a world that acts like God doesn't exist. Stay with us, family, here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. As you get older, you got a responsibility. You just oh, yeah. don't sit around in the, uh, you know, lounging in the couch and watching ESPN reruns and 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 you know drink uh, drink pop all day. You have an, you you you've acquired some wisdom because you have time on Earth. Amen. We're called to mentor younger people. We only have certain amounts of breaths in our lungs, and we're called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and try to build up and encourage the next generation. There are some stark facts. In the U.S., every single day, 10,000 people reach the age of 65. In 2008, 7% of the world's population was over 65. In 2040, 20% of the world's population will be over 65. That's one in five people on the planet. Moreover, in 2040, there will be more human beings over the age of 65 than under the age of five. Wow. A statistic that has never happened in human history before, I would say, because of the the, the lack of birth, the abortion, the oh, contraception. Yeah. yeah, of course. So what are the implications for health care, housing, food, mental health services, government aid, and pastoral care? Terry, what does the Pope say? Pope John Paul? Well, 1980, Pope St. John Paul II told the International Forum of Active Aging that older men and women play a role in the continuity of the generations by their charism of bridging the gap. Now, Pope Benedict XVI visiting a London nursing home in 2010, said, as advances in medicine and other factors lead to increased longevity, it's important to recognize the presence of growing numbers of older people as a blessing for society. Every generation can learn from the experience and the wisdom of the generation that preceded it. Indeed, the provisional care for the elderly 
should be considered not so much an act of generosity as the repayment of a debt or gratitude. Pope Francis has been especially strong in promoting the care for the elderly. He talks about it, caring for the elderly and linking them to young people all the time. Now, now, Jess, let me just mention something that this article, okay, I got James on the line. I just want to say uh, I have had my own experience dealing with older, older people. Yeah. I have found that I've gotten more wisdom from older people than anyone else on the planet, okay? I mean that. The people that have been around all these years, you go to these people who have suffered and get take advice. This, this, What's a great resource, as this article says? Jess? You're right, Terry. These guys, these guys are. Remember, St. Paul calls us live. Uh, he calls us open Bibles oh, yeah. uh, in in one of the letters. Oh, yeah. He goes, "We are living epistles, yeah. uh, especially people of faith that are older." Oh yeah, they are living Bibles, oh, Terry. Exactly. They are living. That's what St. Paul calls. They're living epistles. Yep. They they they've learned their Christianity through the school of hard knocks. Terry, did you want to take that phone call? Yeah, let's get James on. I think he had a comment sure. about what we said on on. Sure. I didn't get it through. James, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. I know you're a convert to the Catholic faith, and you're fired up about your faith. What's on your mind today, James? Yeah, I just like to make a comment sure. in regards to the uh, abortion situation. Yeah, it reminds me. It reminds me of a prophecy in Ezekiel. Oh yeah, uh, seven. Mm-hmm. Verse 23, it says, prepare chains because the land is full of bloodshed Mm. and the city is full of violence. Mm. And I will bring the most wicked of the nations to take possession of their houses. Wow. And I will put an end to the pride of the mighty and their sanctuaries will be desecrated. Those sanctuaries, maybe their abortion clinics. and, And I just fear that. Even before this administration ends their term with our person at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, mm-hmm. that the United States is in great danger. Okay. I, I think that we are going to get a very big discipline from the Almighty God for yeah. all the violence and abortions and, and heinous things that are happening as nations, Terry and Jesse. Oh, well, I can't. I can't disagree. Unfortunately, James, you're, you're spot on. It reminds yeah. me of Fulton Sheen saying it's closing time, and as he rings the rattles the keys, boys. And I also also think to add to what James said Tell is me. because we have wicked leadership. Oh yeah. And, and you'll find in the Old Testament, uh, this is how God punishes nations is uh, through wicked, especially the Israelites, the chosen people of right. God, is through wicked leadership. Right. And uh, we have wicked leadership in politics. One party's completely wicked, and we have many wicked prelates in the Catholic Church as well. I agree, and, for, and that's why we need to be praying for them yeah. every day. And now, especially on Thursdays here at our chapel from 7 to 9, we make reparation for our priests, our bishops, yeah. and the Pope. Why? There, and, I, yeah, and I think the rest of us, like James, yourself, myself, yeah. we're called to be what, what they call in the Old Testament, watchmen's on the wall of Israel. There you go. You know, the watchmen's when Jerusalem is a city that has a high wall around it. Sure. And it's been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, I think it was built at the time of Nehemiah and Ezra. And so when, when enemies would come and try to attack Jerusalem, the, 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 uh, the city of David, the men that were sleeping on these high walls, they would, they would, they were, they were always, well, there was always somebody guarding post, and they were looking out to see when the enemy was coming. They sound the horns, Amen. The, the, the shafars, they blow the horns. That means you gotta you gotta close the gates. 
battle you stations. Bring, you got to bring, yeah, battle stations. You got to get battle ready. You got it. And that's what we're called to do, as, as especially as Catholic men, yourself, James, myself. Mm-hmm. We're called to be watchmen uh, for the new Israel of God, which is the Catholic Church. James, I want to thank you for your call, and I want to say keep up the good work. And thanks always for being thoughtful. Biblical... James is always a thoughtful oh, yeah. caller, Terry. Yeah, exactly. He's got High the... information, James. Thanks, James. So, Jess, getting back to this um, whole situation about models and Scripture, let's talk about that, Let the Bible, about examples. Go ahead. The Bible provides good examples of how we treat our elders, yeah. both well and poorly. Yeah. These are stories young and old can read together, and each would be surprised at how differently the story looks from the other. See how the young Elihu waits for Job and his elders to speak before he makes his points. Or observe not only how young Ruth refuses to leave her mother-in-law, Naomi, but also how Naomi helps Ruth make good decisions and the wisdom of her long years. Do the matriarchs, patriarchs, and prophets continually tell us to honor our, our mothers and fathers because we're not and need to be reminded to do so? Can we learn patience, especially about waiting for children and then grandchildren from Sarah and Abraham, yeah. Elizabeth and Zechariah? Can our young people understand the stamina of faith presented by many of the mothers and grandmothers mm-hmm. who stood by Jesus when the men ran away? So true. Look at Anne and Simeon as models of praise and patience for young people. They are prophets. Even though we're used to prophets being young like Jeremiah, you know the story from Luke chapter Mm 2, which we mark as the feast of the presentation each year on February 2nd. Simeon is not given an age, but we learn that he's a righteous man waiting for his death, which Yahweh said wouldn't come until he laid his eyes on the Messiah. Nearby him is Anna. Given the precise age of 84, a holy woman who came to the temple each day, like our elders who attend daily Mass, preaching on the Feast of the Presentation in 2014, Pope Francis said, quote, It is a meeting between young people who are full of joy in observing the law of the Lord and the elderly who are filled with joy for the action of the Holy Spirit. Close quote. Speaking not long after his election at World Youth Day in 2013 in Brazil, Pope, the Pope said, the elderly, quote, are also the future of a people, close quote. Even at the end of their lives, these two prophetic senior citizens, Anna and Simeon, were still paying it forward. They biblically ri- bridged the generation cap. We can make this happen in our own communities on special days and every day, and any day at all. The Pope introduced uh, an annual celebration of the fourth Sunday in July, the World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly, yep. which coincides with the Feast of Jesus' grandparents, Joachim and Anna. The Pope gave us papal homework, speaking a few days after his own 80th birthday in 2016. He said to a group of youngsters, Speak to your grandparents. Ask them questions. They have the memory of history, That's right. the experience of living, and this is a great gift for you that will help you in your life journey. Where can this happen? Many places. Terry? Yeah, I want to just give, we have a couple minutes left, an oral interview. I like this. I did this with my kids, with my mom, and uh, they still have a CD. Uh, It was on cassette at the time, but they interviewed grandma. And, you know, this interaction with their grandma, who's been dead, what, 15 years now, now they're adults, they still have that uh, voice of grandma talking to them. And it's just so important that they find out how did grandma, you know, um, 
you know, grow up in the Depression. These are things. How did she get her faith? Mm. These are things that carry on to the next generation. And in the world that we're living in, I'll give you an example just real quick. You know, even taking my two-and-a-half-year-old grandson to Home Depot where he gets to drive the cart, okay? And he yeah. goes through every aisle, and we start looking through different things and talk about it because he likes to fix things. So I'm thinking, why not spend an hour at Home Depot? What a great, you know, time of use of myself with him mm -hmm. and bonding mm -hmm. that goes on with that. So now he carries his wagon around the backyard fixing things with his tools. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that's because you spend time with him. So I just want to say the world is so fast. I just think we have to take the time and smell the, the, the roses. That's my bottom line. Yeah. And, and this in this article, they make some good suggestions. You, you got to read it. It got six, you know, families uh, yeah. are separated. Make, make sure that you, you spend more family time together, especially in the parish mass. Yeah. Uh, number two, oral interviews, like Terry said, oh, yeah, with our seniors, yeah. that, that they're not always going to be with us. We could hear stories that, okay. and we could preserve these stories. Yep. Another one, uh, maybe tie these interviews to children's sacramental preparation and life lessons. Oh, yeah. Number four, volunteer together to do things together with the elderly or with the young people. Number five, ask tough questions. Number six, make the ordinary extraordinary, like Terry just did with his, with his grandson. Going to Home Depot, he made a, an ordinary trip, something special for him. Yes, can uh, I just jump in? Yeah, go One ahead. One more thing for kids. Uh, gardens. Work with the little kid, with grandpa or grandma, with the tomatoes, with the, uh, the fruit trees, and let them pick the fruit. And they get to see it grow. This is really important because it shows the cycle of life and how you can grow your own food. I think this really touched my kids, and now I'm doing it with my grandchildren. I just think it takes time. Let them water. Let them pull the weeds. Let them see things grow because this is the way God designed it. Amen. And the last one is very important. Cook together. Share oh, family yeah. recipes. Share family's meals. Yeah. That's probably one of the most important bonding things that we can do as a family. Well, Darren, said, take yes. it away. Hey, brothers, uh, we're going to have Archbishop uh, uh, Joseph Strickland. Did I make him an archbishop? I sure <laughs> would if I could, Jess. He's up next. Yeah. And uh, again, all this is on our show page, these articles. Also, I want to mention that the reason we continue to stand up for life is because there's no other issue that's killing millions of our future babies than abortion so we have to stand up for life and i think you're going to find out bishop strickland never goes a show without standing up for the life of the unborn Amen. i just want to remind you reparation yes lots of sacrilegious going on offer that up colossians chapter one also jess you say it all the time i mean the most important thing what state should we be living in brother let's live in a state of grace don't live in a state of mortal sin and terry me want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting the show Absolutely. for listening to us you guys are our family Make sure that uh, we become holy or die trying. And, uh, and make sure that uh, we, we pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear our prayers. All right. Up next, Bishop Joseph Strickland, the most outspoken Catholic bishop in the country. Stay with us, family.